So welcome to School Improvement, podcast number 22. This must answer the question, what do you do when it's minus nine and you have two feet of snow in southern Minnesota? You make a podcast. Today's podcast is going to be about how do you evaluate your own schedule? How do you look at what you're currently doing and decide, is it the right thing to keep doing? Do we tweak it or do we completely change it? So evaluating your schedule seems like it should be really easy. And it is, but it just depends on who you are. So three perfect examples of this are administration. How do you look at it? How do teachers look at it? How do students look at it? How do parents look at it? Administration usually uses a formula of how much staffing is required to run it and what are your academic results. Teachers look at it from a very simple perspective. How many performances a day do I have? How many different performances we call preps? And how many students do I have to manage? Students look at it from how many classes a day and how many teachers I have to deal with. Parents look at it from the atmosphere it creates in the building and student performance and opportunities for them to take classes that they like or have interest in. I usually ask people interested in changing their schedule to meet with their group, whether it's teachers or parents or students, and list the five things they would change if they could. Not what schedule they want to be in. What five things do you want to make better in your school building? I can already tell you that for teachers and students and parents, there are a couple that are a given. Student attendance is going to be number one for the teachers. Second is going to be classroom management and discipline of the environment and support given to teachers. Most parents will have those as well. Students will look at it more from a perspective of what classes do I get to take that I'd really like to have or like to see the school do. and Parents also are going to be concerned about the environment it creates. So, again, it's a matter of perspective, but it's important to get the things you want to do better first, not what schedule do you want to go to and does it make it better. Find out what you want to fix before you start talking about what the fix is. Obviously, as a school administrator and superintendent, My major focus when we look at schedules has to do with academics. I mean, literally, that's what we're here for. That is the primary purpose of our existence. So for me, the academic performance, how does this schedule enhance or improve instruction is always the most important factor. As an administrator, one of the key factors to consider is staffing and cost and pluses and minuses in the schedule. But some real simple examples, if teachers instruct five of the six periods, they're used 83% of the time for instruction in their day. If teachers teach six of the seven, that's 86% of the time. If teachers teach four out of five, like in a trimester, that's 80% of the time. That staffing is a factor in large schools in particular. In small schools, it's really not much of a factor because 
if you're running a schedule in a one-section school, in other words, you only have one section of ninth grade English, you can run pretty much any schedule with the folks you have. You're not going to be able to hire staff or reduce staff because you're more concerned about getting people with the correct certifications than you are the number of people you have. One of the key questions to consider is block time or no block time. High school teachers tend to get a little paranoid when they start talking about block time because how am I going to use all that time? Elementary teachers are kind of laughing when high school teachers talk about that because they have the kids all day long. Block time is very simple to discuss. It is about transitioning in your classroom. Kids have the attention span of their age. So about every 15 minutes, freshmen need to have something different in a room. If you have a 45-minute period, you have three transitions. 60 minutes, you have four. If you have 75, you have five. It's about transitioning in the room. You can't do the same thing for the entire period, no matter what schedule you use. Every schedule and every principal should be looking at transitioning in the room. How often does it happen? When does it happen? Are those transitions purposeful and are they productive? One of the key concepts in looking at your schedule is if one of your problems is attendance or student behavior, your policy and practice needs to change along with your schedule. So schedule change is a product of looking at what you do, your management, and policy and practice. It's really important that you look at do your policies represent this mantra of performance dictates opportunity and lack of performance creates consequences. That should be the cornerstone of student policy. For example, if you go into a trimester compared to a semester, you should be changing your graduation standards for how many blocks you need. You also should be changing your attendance policy because absences in 12 weeks are different than absences in a 16-week period. So policy and practice is very important. Make sure before you do any schedule change, you look at your entire student handbook and go through it and see how a schedule change would affect it. Does it change athletic eligibility? Does it change when you calculate valedictorian, salutatorian, if you unfortunately still have those? I hope you listened to a further podcast I did a while ago about how not to have that. But it's really important that you go through your entire handbook and look at policy and practice before you get too serious about changing a schedule. If you're changing your schedule and you're a small school, it's usually easier than if you're a large school. It's easier because you have fewer staffing decisions to move around. Some schools who are small, in fact small enough where they run multi-sections, so a ninth and 10th grade English class, it's really pretty easy to change your schedule because you have very limited options you can do based on the certifications are driving your schedule as much as the class size or need for sections. But in very large schools, 
there are schools who I've worked with who have 4,000 kids who do trimesters. And that transition, that percentage of time your teacher is in front of students is very important. When you have 100 plus staff in a building and you only need 10% less, it's going to make a giant difference in your staffing. So it's really important to look at that, more importantly, if you're a large school. I do believe that we're reaching a point in public schools where what we call during the day prep periods, integrated prep periods during the periods in the day, may become a thing of the past. I've gotten contacted by many districts who are interested in having their teachers prep before or after school because it gives them a common planning time, grade level and content area planning times available where the teachers can do something significant in a meeting. So in the lack of teachers that are available now and a teacher shortage, one of the ways to maximize that would be to take out integrated prep. Now it'll be a big change in most districts. It'll require some contractual things maybe even some pay raises, none of which are bad things. But an integrated prep is an expense to your district. Having the teachers, for example, teach all five of the periods in a trimester and prepping in the morning or prepping in the afternoon is really an efficient way to use your staff. And if you're going to use them efficiently, you might be able to pay them more and have a little bit, little less in staff numbers. But it's really important to look at that. But we are getting to a point with teacher shortages and budgets where having a teacher doing all five periods in a trimester makes sense. One of the major considerations in your schedule is, does it include a middle school? Now remember, in a previous podcast, I talked about middle school is six, seven, and eight. Generally, junior highs are considered seven, eight. But if you have additional grades in your building besides nine through 12, it does impact your schedule. It is okay to have two different schedules in a building. In fact, it's preferable. Seniors and seventh graders need different things. It's okay to have that. The teachers who cross over between the two schedules need to prep in between their middle school and high school experience. So in essence, a teacher's in AM high school, PM middle school, or PM middle school, AM high school, but they prep in between. It's a really important concept in your building to determine your schedule. It's almost impossible to find a schedule if you have a 612 building that works well for sixth graders and for seniors. I highly recommend two different bell schedules. So after you look at your handbook and all of your student issues with policy and practice, I next would have you go look at your contract with teachers. Look through your contract and find out any things that would be in conflict. A very simple one is if you're going to trimester from semester, 
do a search on your contract document for the word semester and find out where does it apply in your contract because you'll need to adjust those. I usually recommend people not use the word trimester. I recommend they use the word term because it's generic regardless of what your schedule is. In today's world with credits required to graduate, expectations, the need to have kids have social-emotional learning, having languages and CTE options and all the things kids need, six-period day in a traditional semester format is really not an option. You need to have at least seven periods or trimesters. Back a long time ago, folks were doing four-period four-by-fours where there were four periods that lasted 90 minutes for 90 days, and then they'd have eight-period days and alternating eight-period days. Those really are very expensive. When a teacher is teaching only 75% of the day or less, those schedules are really expensive to run. And I think we've found out that 90 minutes is just way too long. Robin Williams is about the only one who can make 90 minutes work in a classroom. 75 is fine. Teachers can get through those transitions and you can do all the creative lessoning you want to in 75 minutes. 90 is just way too long. I know this is going to sound contrary to what a group of teachers might tell you when you look at a schedule, but going to other districts really doesn't help you much when you're considering a schedule. It's really your contract, your policy, your practice, your ability to change within the group, because no two schools are alike. And just because they're the same size doesn't mean they really operate even closely the same. I highly recommend you look at their schedule. You get a copy of their master schedule. That could help you. But going to the site and seeing it and all that, it's very, very overrated. There's not much you really gain from looking at somebody else's day-to-day -day operational. One of the current conversations I hear people talking about is four-day school weeks. I'm not a huge fan. I'll use the Bart Simpson line from when they put Bart Simpson in the special ed. He said, let me get this straight. You're going to catch me up by slowing it down. Well, the same mentality applies with a four-day week. So let me get this straight. We're going to catch students back up and make up for this COVID gap and educational progress by giving them fewer days of instruction. Probably not a great idea. Let me help folks when you talk about schedules and school year. Fewer days. Remember that there's 365 days. In Minnesota, for example, the students are only required to go to school 173 days. That's less than half of the school of a year. So kids go to school less than half a year and of those half a year, they're in school seven hours. They're in school a third of a half. In other words, kids are in school about 15% of a calendar year. Obviously, that's not enough time to get everything done. 
it is really important to look at time on task, number of days on task. Those are important concepts. Sure, everybody'd like to have three-day weekends. They'd also like to get paid a whole lot more with better benefits. I understand all that. But remember, we're a school. Academics are our purpose and our mission. Fewer days of instruction are not going to generate higher test scores. They're going to make some staff happy and some kids happy that they have to come here less, but they only come here 15% of the time now. So I really hope that conversation goes away because it's not productive. I don't see it as an out or some new way to educate students. Actually, year-round school where you have ten week, nine weeks on and three weeks off and a tenth week for remediation makes more sense. I mean, let's be honest, there's very few agrarian school districts left where the bulk of the kids leave to do agricultural things for the summer. Those days have kind of come and gone. In fact, in certain areas, it makes more sense to not have the kids in school during the winter than it does in the summer. So we really need to reevaluate that. As I'm sure all of you know, in conclusion, change is difficult for folks. I personally like change. It's a growth opportunity. You always learn something and get better when you change. But I understand the mentality of, well, that's not what we did last year. Well, last year wasn't perfect. It may have been good, but it wasn't perfect, and there's always room for improvement. As educators, we should be striving to get better all the time. So remember, figure out what are the five things you'd really like to change and make better? Does your schedule that you're talking about help you make those things better? What's the change curve? Who are the people who are going to be the most resistant? Who are the people who are going to want it the most? But schedules are very, very important to a district. They set budgets. They set staffing. They give you opportunities. They give you things that you can't have done before. They have to be evaluated on a regular basis. One size doesn't fit all. Middle school is always different than high school. And it's important that in a district, you're looking at those opportunities. So remember, there's always value in change. And thanks for listening. And as usual, if you like this, share it with other folks. And if you have questions or concerns, please email or call me. Thanks a lot. This is Mark Westerberg for School Improvement.